Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. A number of years ago, for our anniversary, my husband surprised me with the idea of going to Ephesus in Turkey and it was an amazing trip. We read the letter to the Ephesians in the amphitheater they have there which is absolutely beautiful as well as the library. They have an amazing library and we sat there imagining Paul talking to the Ephesians even though people seem to think that the letter to this city was actually probably written from prison because throughout it there are imagery, um, ideas, and exhortations that indicate he's living in chains. So if you have a chance to go to Ephesus, I highly, highly recommend it. There is a little house there also that is known to be the house where John took Mary when they left the persecution of Jerusalem. And that is also magnificent. It's very, very beautiful. My oldest son right now is doing a thesis project for a reconstruction of the Basilica of St. John, the Beloved, who is buried there. And he is studying all of these ancient ideas and plans and photographs to reconstruct it and it is not something that probably can happen because right now Turkey is actually moving towards um, Islamic ideas and they are not really open to the thought that another church would be built there but it is highly recommended and since we are going to be reading Ephesus if you have a chance to look at this theater and the beautiful ruins that are there online, it can give you a picture of where Paul walked. Today, we're still in chapter 1, and Paul is reminding us that we are chosen in Christ, and that God has given us our purpose. So have you asked yourself, what is my purpose in God? I think this is a really weighty question, and in some way it's so simple, because we are called to love God and to love our neighbor. So whatever it is that we are doing, our job is to do those two things. Right now, I have been looking for my next project. So I have been enjoying a new chapter after eight years of lots of lots and lots and lots and lots of work to the point that I really burned out. And now that we are at home, I am having a whole new season that I am enjoying. At times, I fall into the trap of murmuring and saying like the Israelites crossing the desert when they left Egypt you know what am I doing I don't have a job I can get into that so I've been asking God to forgive me for that and I've been asking God to help me appreciate the things that are happening which are incredible miracles that I have my oldest son at home while he's working on that thesis is a pure miracle because it's the most worthy project I could ever imagine. And to have the girls and to have my husband. And and of course, I miss my son, Marco. But we are given 
a purpose. We are destined to be part of Christ's body. And in the pandemic, in the difficulties that we are experiencing, we have to attune ourselves to the moment through gratefulness. That is such a tool. Brothers and sisters, it is such a tool. And I'm saying it out loud to remind myself because I can fall again into complaining and murmuring. So let us look at the psalm, which is always a wonderful way of connecting our hearts to God. The psalm for today is 33. On verse 12, we read, Blessed the people the Lord has chosen to be his own. Do you acknowledge do you feel that God has chosen you, that God has a plan for your life? That purpose of living in Christ, of loving in Christ, of working in Christ, sometimes can elude us in the little details of our life, in the little fiascos that happen, in the little things that fall out of place, in you know, extensions of taxes or filling out applications for college or preparing our meals for our little ones or having an elderly parent that needs assistance when you are in the middle of something else. Life has a way of getting in the way of what we imagine that life should be many times. So we have to redirect it and the Psalms are a wonderful way. These Psalm today, the three pieces we're reading from it, first tell us what to do, how to be in the presence of God. Exalt, praise and give thanks. Exalt you just in the Lord. Praise from the upright is fitting. Give thanks to the Lord on the harp. So the first thing is, how do we approach God with those words of praise and thanksgiving for what he has done for our life? And the psalmist then tells us some things about who God is. Upright is the word of the Lord. So he has uprightness. He is always steadfast. And his works are trustworthy. He loves justice and kindness. So these are qualities and attributes of our Lord that we can count on. We can count that he's there, that he's always present, that we can trust him. And that is something very important to say in the midst of difficulties. Lord, I trust in you. Father, I trust in you. And finally, the third stanza or set of verses we're reading for today give us the consequences of standing in God. Blessed the nation whose God is the Lord. If we can say this for our nation right now as we're walking to the elections, this will be very, very important. The people he has chosen for his own inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down. He sees all mankind. God is watching us in action. He's watching how we prepare for the elections. He's going to watch how we select for the Supreme Court. He's going to elect in our hearts that we listen to what he's saying we ought to be praising and doing. And he's working on both sides, on the Republicans and the Democrats. And God has a plan for each one of us. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Let us remember that as we walk towards the election and to the new president of the United States. Let us turn to the gospel today on chapter 12, the beginning, verses 1 through 7. The evangelist says, At that time, and now imagine the scene, 
So many people were crowding together that they were trampling one another underfoot. The mob is gathering around Jesus. Can you hear it? There's a feeling of eeriness and almost crescendo, something coming to a head in the air. What a different moment from Jesus at Cana where he's saying, my hour has not yet come. We see him walking to his final hour. And in the midst of all of this, he's talking to his disciples. Jesus tells us this detail. He first speaks to his disciples in the midst of the crowd where people are getting hurt. Beware of hypocrisy, he says. And he compares hypocrisy to leaven. Why? Leaven, like hypocrisy, grows. It's sort of poisonous and it can destroy something once it gets started. Hypocrisy is kind of an out, outward uh, glow for something that is really missing on the inside. There's nothing concealed that will not be revealed, he says, nor secret that will not be known. Whatever is said in darkness will be heard in the light. Whatever is said behind closed doors will be proclaimed on the housetops. So we know there is justice. Poetic justice? No. Real justice. Whatever we are saying in the midst of our situations, one day will be played as a great movie that I tell my kids. Whatever we are thinking and whatever we are feeling, we have to have contrite hearts because all of it will be known. He says then, I tell you, my friends, so we don't know if he's talking to the crowd now or a larger group, maybe it's not just to the disciples. Be not afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. With what care he's preparing them for what's about to happen, both to him because he's going to die and to all of them because his apostles, all of them except John, are going to endure martyrdom. They will experience this and he's preparing them for persecution. He says, I shall show you whom to fear. Be afraid of the one that after killing has the power to cast into Gehenna. Be afraid of that one. Pay attention that the devil has the power to cast into Gehenna. And that word Gehenna is derived from Himnon, which is this valley in the south and west of Jerusalem. And this was a place that in ancient times is described in the Old Testament as one where they would do child sacrifice. And then after a while, it became kind of a garbage dump when it stopped being a sacrificial place. But it still had filthiness and stench. And the idea of Gehenna would have been almost like, you know, a, a dumpster that is terrible and it's fiery because it would break into fires, they tell us. And then Jesus tells us a series of comments about our value, that in the midst of persecution, it doesn't mean God has forgotten us, which is one of the ways in which the devil will sneak ideas into our mind. You're alone, it's one of his favorite, or you're shameful, or you've, you know there's something wrong with you. All these whispers. Jesus is attacking those directly and saying, in the midst of that noisy mob, Something like cliff note versions of things that maybe he said before to them are not five sparrows sold for two small coins, and yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. We are not afraid of being forgotten. Even our hairs are counted. We are worth more than many sparrows. We read somewhere else in Matthew that you can buy two sparrows for one copper coin. And here you can buy five, so it seems almost like a yard sale. They're going for cheaper. 
This is then what Jesus is warning his disciples about the attitude they're to have in the face of persecution. He is actually personifying that, not being afraid, speaking the truth, staying loving, remaining faithful to God. So let us pray. Father, we ask that you protect us, that you help us, that you guide us, and that in the midst of any persecution, we may stand the test in the trial as Jesus invites us. We ask that we may be faithful and hopeful and loving, courageous, that all things can be done through your strength and your grace. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.